0: listening to The Marginally Geeky
1: Show, The Epically Geeky Book Club. Welcome back to The Marginally Geeky Show, episode number six, The Epically Geeky Book Club. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight, I'm joined by, well, almost the entire group, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Just starting from uh, left to right here, we have uh, uh, Mr. Parker, we have uh, Jennifer Hetzel, we have... uh, says Kelly, but it's Boldy. Everyone boldy. knows it's Boldy. Uh, Chris, Andrew, and of course, Lainey. Uh How's everyone doing?
2: Good, sleepy. Right.
1: Good, good, good. Anyone have anything they want to share that's happened within the last month since the last time we reconvened uh, they'd like to throw out there? Something's happened to them, you know, of interest. Hopefully, something pretty good.
3: I watched a lot of Golden Girls. That
1: okay. is.
4: We That'll recorded work. another podcast. Nice, like to hear yeah. that. music one
3: that's yeah. coming out as soon as I can get it edited.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it, sister, right. uh, Laney and I. This last weekend went to um, AggieCon and got to actually meet some pretty cool cosplayers there. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully we're actually going to have them on the Epic Geeky Show here in a couple of weeks. And uh, other than that, like I've just been I- working on props and just you know trying to survive what kind of props are you working on, sir? I am currently working on a ghost trap. Uh, actually just finished the, uh, hose connector for my flight suit for my ghostbusters flight suit. Um, but, um, The guy, uh, there's a guy, he works for tested.com, which is Adam Savage's website. And last year he put out the 3d plans to make a a ghost trap and like his trap does everything. You hit the pedal, it opens up, there's lights, there's sound closes back up. It smokes. It's the whole. It's legit. And he's had the 3d files out there for a long time. And like two weeks ago, he released the information on how to do the smoke and the doors, but still hasn't released the electronics information. And I'm just like, Everyone in the community is just like, come on, dude, just get it out there, man. We can't wait. So uh, um, I'm in the process of sanding and painting uh, the ghost trap. And uh, let me tell you, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but it's going to be awesome when it's done. Well, I'm sure it's going to come out great.
4: I thought of something. Real good.
3: Eugene to 3D print for me. What's that? I want you to 3D print one of those edible teacups from Willy Wonka.
1: I can't print edible, but I can print.
3: It does have has to be books. edible,
1: but that's okay. what I
3: want. <laughs> one of those little daffodils. Wait, you think yeah. one
4: day they'll have um, like a sugar like serum that you can? They use already have it. They've already the got deal.
1: printers like that that will do that. They're a specialty printer, but uh, yeah. yeah, it actually uses different extruders, and it's it's basically just a gel that it right. keeps the gel, and then when it, it goes, it cools, and yeah, you can three D print stuff. So oh, very
2: that's dangerous.
1: What, that's how you bite it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, So, well, this isn't this show isn't about three D printing. Now that I'm thinking about that, make a pretty good show. Um, uh, Tonight's episode, uh, our our book club is reconvening to talk about. um, I'll be very honest. One of my favorite books of all time. Um, This is well. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Tonight we're talking about Seth Graham Smith's uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Um. We can start off with some of our just kind of initial impressions. Um, I started reading uh, – I really, I have, was never a big reader. Uh, growing up, uh, I didn't care for reading in school most of the time. There were some stories here and there that I, I really liked. Um, but the, a lot of the stories, for whatever reason, just turned me off to reading. And I thought I just didn't like reading. I really thought, oh, well, I'm just not a reader. I don't care for reading, whatever. Um, but it wasn't until I got older and became an adult that I started finding books that I'm like, wow, no, I do like reading. This is, this is awesome. And this is one of those books that did that for me. Uh, I, I love this story. I, I've read this book. Let's see, this is probably my fifth or sixth time going through this book, to be quite honest with you. I I adore this book. Um, so it's obviously going to get big thumbs up for me. So, um, Anyone else want to share some initial thoughts on 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 old Abe Lincoln here?
4: Uh, I liked it. I thought it was a good book. Okay. I knew little to nothing coming into the book. I knew that it was Abraham Lincoln, and I knew that he killed vampires, and that's literally all I knew.
1: There you go. On the plane. That's exactly <laughs> what yeah. I was going to say. That's the snake's on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> um,
4: yeah, I didn't really know what to expect, and then I probably got – what is it like twenty pages in, and then there's a horrific depiction of someone dying? I was like, Okay, I'm I'm good. Let's I keep wasn't going. I'm a
3: big fan of that.
4: It was I don't know, it it's it caught me off guard, I guess.
1: Well, the book does start off kind of slow. It, it's it's the build up to the actual story, and then once to me, once we get to the actual retelling of the story. Uh, that's when it just hits the ground and just never lets up. The, for me, the book just ran pretty much the entire time. Um, Jen, any initial thoughts?
5: Um, so I I like that it's modeled after an actual history book. As a history major, you know, I, I'm kind of geeking out over that. And if I didn't know better, I'd think some of this was, you know. True, um, so I think that's really neat, and um yeah it, it's it's an interesting theory and, and everything, and uh, this is my first time reading it, so okay, prior knowledge, hadn't seen the movie, which I hear isn't that great anyway, so
1: we will discuss the movie at the end, so any of you who have seen the movie, uh don't worry, you will get a chance to vent at the end Good. yeah, yeah, i know I know Chris is waiting to vent on that one so uh you you've read the you read the book previously and saw the movie, right, Chris yeah. Okay she's in the same boat I am, so <laughs> uh what about you, Boldy? uh had you read it previously or
0: I read it when it first came out, so that's what I'm, saying. I'm still really sketchy on it i just rem- i mean I remember um I th- having come from a background where um, I took a course actually in college on gothic literature, and of course we read every vampire book under the sun and having that background and that kind of foundation going into this, I was probably the opposite of most of you all. And I was like that group that was like, okay, this is really hokey writing, really cheesy, you know? And, um, and I, so I did, I had trouble getting through it because, um, I even, I remember reading, I was like reading two or three books at the same time. Um, but I mean, that's just because I had, you know, I had something, opposite of what you all did. Um, and, you know, I, and then subsequently after having that foundation, I also read every, you know, Charlene Harris book under the sun, um, which is, you know, the, what true blood was based on. And so to throw in the dynamic with Abraham Lincoln and um, the theory of the vampires, I mean, it's all fantastic and everything, but the the overall writing style wasn't my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I would get, I would say it's a good book, you know, um, it, it's not, it, it's not one of my favorites, but, um, I haven't seen a movie either, so I can't no, do a comparison
4: do there. We basically <laughs> didn't see it either, so it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's yeah. a good premise. It's a great premise. And, um. I have been told to read, you know, his other work, his other novels, but I haven't done that either. So, um, like I said, I got to refresh my memory and recall a lot of things, but, um, initially th- that, that, those are my first thoughts because at the time I can remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not going to get through the book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, fair enough. I mean, yeah. uh, which is why, I, I mean, that's one of the reasons I wanted to divide the diverse group on this show. Uh, sure. So we have, you know, differences of opinion. So, um, well, that being said, let's go and get started. Um, I listen to the, like I always do. I listen to the audio book and on the audio book uh, at the very end of it, they actually do a quick interview with Seth Graham Smith and they ask him about it. And uh, he actually wrote this book. Uh, He got the idea for this book, I should say, uh, before he even wrote his first book, which really kind of threw him out there in the uh, stratosphere, which was uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Um, So he actually came up with this idea before he wrote that one. Uh, And he got the idea by literally it was a big anniversary of – I can't remember if it was Lincoln's death or Lincoln's birth, but it was a big anniversary. And he said he walked into – it seemed like he's like every week I'd go into a – uh, bookstore, and I would literally see tables of all these different, you know, Lincoln biographies, you know, whether they're talked about, you know, his politics, the way he grew up, his sexuality. Uh, I mean, you know, there were, there were books written about everything about Lincoln. And then, like, literally right next to that is, you know, this was at the height of the, the uh, sparkly vampire's time, so <laughs> it's just nothing but vampire books. And he's like, well, I wonder what chocolate and peanut butter taste like together. And Threw together the idea. Um, he said very quickly. Though once he started writing the book, he, he realized something. Um, when he wrote, when he actually wrote uh, uh, *Pride and Prejudice and Zombies*, he was he tried to make sure that he tried to keep the language as close to Jane Eyre's as possible. Of course, there's a lot of fantastical stuff in that book, uh, but he tried to keep the language pretty true to the what he thought would be you know close enough because he really was not trying to uh, piss off any Jane Eyre,
3: Jane uh, Austen.
1: Jane Austin. I keep saying Jane, Jane uh, Austin like, You're talking fans. A few bucks, dude. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh he was really trying not to piss <laughs> off any fans. And he said, I ran into that doubly so here. Uh he's like, you know, there are people to this day that consider, you know, Lincoln to be uh, if not the greatest president we've ever had and will ever have in some cases. Uh so he was really trying not to piss off those people. So he did a lot of research and and you brought up um, uh, uh, Jen, about how it, it's like a history book, and it, he did a lot of research. So the times and dates that he lists, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, the ta- uh, uh, dates and times that he lists are pretty close. To Lincoln was probably there or close to that location. So, uh, like later on in the book, when um, he's uh, um, part of the group of lawyers that's going around and doing all the trials, uh, and that time of his life, that's but what when he was actually doing. So it's it matches up pretty closely. He was really, once again, trying not to piss off all of the uh, – uh, what would you call yourself as an extreme Lincoln fan of? Lincolnite. Lincolnite, uh, a log member, I, I don't know.
5: Lincolnist, oh I don't
1: know. Lincolnist, yeah. We'll go with that. So. There you go. Um, all right, so let's let's begin our discussion of the book. So like we said, the, the book actually starts off as an interesting way. It's the author basically giving it his – his background as it were. Um, and, and, and the premise of the book is he's, he was given these uh, diaries that were written by Abraham Lincoln and that he kept pretty much all of his life that journaled his uh, killing of vampires. Um, he works at a small uh, store, a general store guy comes in wearing dark glasses, uh, t- has a couple of conversations with him, shows up one day, hands him these books. There's a letter attached. And basically it says, you know, uh, I'm tasking you with uh, keeping these, you know, safe and secret. You can't talk to anyone about it. And you're going to write a book about the contents of these books. Um, and while he's doubting this, uh, he shows back up and it he turns out to be a vampire. And basically, you know, scares the hell out of him. And after that point, he spends, I think he said the next six months or whatever, writing and compiling the book. So it's at that point... Um, we actually get started with the story, so let me pull up my notes here. Um, let's see here. Uh, the first thing that it starts off – oh, one quick thing before we actually start with it. Um, one of the things that I really loved about this book is every the beginning of every chapter starts off with an actual quote from Abraham Lincoln, uh, whether it be from one of his addresses, from a letter he wrote. It's all very poignant to the that particular chapter. I love that. I love the fact that he was able to weave those in there. So, oh. yeah, I just like
4: the sporadic, just coming back into reality stuff, right. like you were talking about, like him going right. on with all the other lawyers doing their actual stuff that they he really did, and his fun little nods back to what he was actually doing and just kind of weaving it into the real story. Yeah, exactly. Well done that way for sure.
1: And uh, and I thought about it reading this and and thinking back to last month's book, which was the uh, the Princess Diarist. Um, I, we all kind of, I think we all kind of agreed on that one that we would have almost rather had her her diaries kind of like sprinkled in throughout the book yeah, instead of just not, being one like section. One no. Yeah, and I kept thinking about that. I thought that reading his his quotes in here, like I said at the beginning of each chapter, I thought, man, that yeah, that reinforces my opinion on that previous book that I really wish they had done that had they had sprinkled these little things in there throughout time. And then, uh, instead of just one big section. So, okay. So, uh, let's see here. So, uh, um, okay. So it starts off as a boy and it talks about it. It talks about him, uh, killing a uh, turkey whenever he was seven years old and then he cried and he just, you know, it's, very traumatic as to him killing this Turkey and he just feels horrible about it and he can't bring himself to eat it. And he just is like, I'll never kill another living thing is, you know, as long as I live. Hmm. Um, which was funny. Cause I think it, the book specifically said, and he doesn't, he doesn't ever kill another living thing. Yeah. <laughs> for the rest of his time. Well, so fine. I'm like, Oh, well, there you go. There's a loophole. Uh, yeah. so, um, but it, it does some backstory stuff. It talks about how the murder rates in the U S you know, continue to keep going up because of the cities. Um, and then talks about his father, Thomas Lincoln. Uh, he was a carpenter. He bought 300 acres, mostly wooded land. And he moved Abe uh, when they were three, um, it really goes in to talk about his mother. He had a very close relationship with his mother, Nancy. Um, she taught him to read. She encouraged, encouraged his curiosity. Um, there's a very close bond there and, and it, it comes through there. Um, and, and the, uh, the, the mother's on the episode here. Uh, any thoughts on that?
6: <laughs> like what?
1: <laughs> well, just, I mean, does, uh, does, does that kind of hit home a little bit? No.
6: No. kind mean, <laughs> of so.
1: Okay, I was just wondering because I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Later on, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it, and uh, uh, but uh, okay, so it goes on. It talks about uh, Thomas was a Baptist. Uh, believed slavery was a sin. Moved his family to Indiana, um, and it, it talks about you know he was a drunk. He he never put himself really out there. Like he he did the bare minimum, to keep his family alive. Um, But he was a good storyteller, and he he talks about that several times. Um, His aunt and his uncle come to live on the farm, help things out. Um, And then he wakes up uh, late one night, and he has to get up to go to to the bathroom, so he goes out to the outhouse or whatever, and he hears his his dad walking around talking to someone. He has no idea who this person is. He's never heard this person's voice before. Um, And and, and 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 he ends up finding out that uh, you know he he's basically saying I can't pay you back the money, uh, you know. And and the other voice says, well then I'll take it in other ways. Um, so at that point, his aunt and uncle die shortly after that from what he refers to as milk sickness. Of course, we're talking about in this time, you know, people died of of things, and they're like, oh well, it's obviously this. When you know, there was no way to really tell what it was. Uh, four days later, Nancy, is, his mom, gets sick. Um, so, and he just kills the mom
4: as payment, mhm, he killed the aunt and, and the, the uncle first, but didn't like take like their blood from him, just killed him
1: just flat out killed them and then uh well I, mom. it sounds like the way he describes it, the milk sickness as they refer to it was uh as he put it, a fool's dose of the blood. So that it, it, you know, it caused them to get really sick and basically they just, it sounds like, see, and I don't know how exactly that worked. Like apparently for them, they died pretty quick. They all of a sudden just got, seemed to get really sick and then yeah, who were dead. Um, but his mom actually like was in pain for several days. Um, and he talked about that. He thought it was punishment for killing the turkey and for being curious about the death of his, his aunt and his uncle. Um, But, um, um, so yeah, he, he, you know, uh, he has to watch his mom die and right before she dies, she tells him to live and then she passes away and he's heartbroken. Um, so he tries to run away and, uh, he hears screams in the middle of the night. Um, and then like, you know, he's, he's not sure what it is. He thinks it's animals, so on and so forth. They're starting to allude to, um, you know, the possible vampires being out in, you know, out in the wilderness. So he comes back home, and his dad leaves for – I mean, granted, this is modern daytime, but the idea of that dad is like, all right, well, I'm leaving for two weeks. Yeah,
2: we have, to, we have to
1: take right? care of ourselves, uh, out in the wilderness, uh, and when I come back, oh, I'll have another wife. Bye.
4: Yeah, right? It's like, man, simpler times, I'll tell you.
1: Yeah, no joke, right? Uh <laughs> Let's go so, yeah, pick
4: he, one up real quick and be back. You know. Exactly. Just DRB. go to the grocery store and you know, pick up yeah. my wife.
1: You know, so. <laughs> That's
4: um, awesome.
1: Yeah. But uh, so anyway, his dad does leave and does come back with a new wife. It's someone that he knew, knew previously. She was uh, a widow and had kids of her own. And he's really like, you know, he gets in that mindset of probably most kids that, you know, in a a, a step parent type relationship, oh, I'm going to hate this person. It doesn't matter what they're like, I'm going to hate them. And he just can't because – she helps him read. She encourages him. She's very nurturing to him. Uh, not a replacement for his mom, but he definitely, uh, you know, grows to love her. Um, and then he he loves his new brothers and sisters as well because um, uh, they're close to his age. They run around. They play. They like doing a lot of the stuff that he likes doing. Uh, you know, it, it it turns out to be a pretty good uh, thing. So, um, Sarah Bush was her name. So, to
4: so, um, so make him like a more well-rounded. Boy, to go out and play versus just being a giant nerd and reading books all day.
1: Yeah, he bring he brings that out the fact that he's like you know he he was always yeah. willing to go to war and he had to talk me into it. But then once we did, we had a lot of fun and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it, it really sounds like you know Abe was going to be a pretty much a book nerd. Uh, he was. He was definitely. Uh, he definitely would have fit in here. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: So. All the children's books focus on that and drill that and kill that into into their the biographies for the kids. It's just how much this how avid a reader he was, and that that was you know um, such a huge part of his his life that that impacted him and stuff. So that's ironic.
1: That's yeah. awesome. Right yeah they definitely should you know focus on that so um, and then we get to the part where things start to kind of get they start to change uh he his dad gets drunk, tells him to come outside and he's gonna you know they're sitting around on a campfire or whatever and he starts telling him this story, and he's like, you know, I've heard this story, but for fear of speaking up you know and, and basically getting a whooping uh he just lets his dad tell the story yet again of how his his father his grandfather um Abraham died. And he's like the story starts off the exact same way, uh, you know he's on a, he's on a plow mule uh, and his brother and they're helping their dad and they're getting pretty close to the edge of the property where there's a bunch of trees and they start to hear a noise and uh, in the original story it's Indians that come out and they uh, they scalp him and kill him and, and it's very traumatic and it's at this point where the story changes and at this point it becomes a young vampire boy basically just, like, jumps through the trees and is strong and, and powerful as, as his dad is. Uh, he isn't able to land a single blow, and he basically, like, crushes his arm, breaks his legs, just rips the man apart, uh, you know, without without any problem at all, um, and, you know, tells him that it was a vampire. um, In a really uh, gruesome way, too. Like describing
4: how he killed him was pretty crazy.
1: Oh yeah, it was it was crazy. Like I think at one point he's like crushing his head and, or his chest. Or yes. that's what it was. Yeah, it was yeah. It was very graphic. And I was yeah. like, very graphic. Um and so now we get the we get the backstory on, on exactly what happened to uh aunt and uncle and, and, and mom. Um his dad had borrowed money from Jack Barts, who was a one armed vampire. Uh short, stocky guy, you never would expect it. And uh, not being able to pay the money back, you know, he came back and, and killed everyone. Um, so uh, at this point, this is where Abe starts to really hate. He begins this lifelong hatred of his father. Um, and like we said at, at the beginning, you know, at the top of the show, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff in the book is, is based on reality. So, I wonder. Did does anyone know for a fact? Did Abraham Lincoln have a hatred of a lifelong he hatred of his actual didn't father?
3: Didn't have any more of a tumultuous relationship than anybody in that time had with their father. Because <laughs> every, well, I don't know. Every biography I've ever read about anybody really usually tries to paint that as a thing, whether it was like totally true or not. But I've never heard. Anything, like, really concrete that was like, yep, yeah, they totally hated each other. I mean, he was a father back then. It wasn't warm and healthy. Whenever you read a biography about Walt Disney, you can only tell if it's a good one, on, but based on how they portray his relationship with his dad.
1: Okay. There you go. So, well, I, know and, they I do the same thing. He mentions that whenever he died, he only made, like, one quick comment in one of his journals or something or ever ever only wrote one quick thing, you know, that was pretty much it. So
2: mm-hmm. I was just
1: wondering, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I guess I'd do some research on that, but I'm assuming his, uh, um, it, it, you know, it was an actual, you know, he actually did dislike his father. So, sorry. I just looked over in the chat room and, uh, uh one of the people wrote, uh, Ryan wrote, a Lincoln fanboy is called an Abe leadist. Uh, <laughs> Ableitas, nice. <laughs> I like that.
2: Awesome.
1: So, yeah. By the way, thanks for everyone in the chat room. Thanks for being on. So, um, sorry, I have to. I have to look at a separate screen. So, if I'm looking over here, that's what it is. So, um, so it's, it's at this point uh, we would get. Um, if I were to do a movie of this. Uh, this is where we would start to get our training montage, because it's, it's at this point he basically declares that, you know, his hatred for his father, and that he is going to, he swears that he's going to kill all vampires. So, he starts working out, but, uh, um, it's not just physical. So he talks about the fact that he's chopping wood. He's able to chop even more wood. He's like keeping his axe super sharp. He's able to throw it, you know, into a tree from like 10 and then 20, then 30 yards away. Uh, but he also talks about he did a lot. He, you know, was a ravenous reader, read everything he could get his hands on, specifically anything with the occult. Um,
3: I wish you hadn't said training montage because now I'm thinking of Eye of the Tiger and I don't like it.
4: <laughs> well, what's more <wrong laughs> Ivy Eye of the Tiger? was I the only one that was just reading this book? I was like, man, this is like, I could see the movie, like what he was trying to describe in the movie. Like he wrote the book almost like he knew yes. it was going to be made a movie.
1: Yes. yes. And yet we got the garbage that we got. Uh, uh, yeah. That's fire. That's Damn. Damn. So, uh, so, uh, what's what's uh, oh, we're, getting, uh, uh we're, we're getting,
2: uh, we're getting echo.
1: Yep.
3: Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Real quick, real quick uh, uh, Lainey, lady, say something. Say
6: something.
2: Hey
3: Heyo.
6: Heyo. Chris? Chris. I haven't even been talking. Me. <laughs> yes. Jeez, Sorry, jeez. Chris. Sorry,
1: Chris. Oh. Sorry, Chris. Oh. Oh. Poor, Poor Down, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. Let's see Am i still echoing. Nope. That was it. <laughs> um, always, Canada. <laughs> always Canada.
5: Always Canada. Blame,
1: Canada. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. There you go. Um. Like the song. So anyway, he does this training montage. He starts to get stronger and faster, and he learns how to. He learns what he can about vampires, um, and he writes a letter to Bart's and basically says, you know, to come to the cabin. So he shows up, and uh, you know, he's working. I think it said he was working on the roof with his father. And
2: Yay. Uh, there she is,
1: and uh, show uh, uh, Bart shows up. His dad's like just taken back. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. Um, and he goes to go get a uh, a wooden box that's supposed to have this money that supposedly his dad promised Bartz that he would have and he provide, he uh, proceeds to take a wooden stake out and kill Bartz right then and there just stakes him through the heart um yeah, he does. yeah. so uh, it's at this point he's killed his first vampire he's you know pretty excited about it his dad's like you've ruined us all there someone was going to come there's going to be more of them and no one ever does uh, which he just, he talks about a little bit more later. Um, but anyway, four years goes by, no vampires, never sees one. He's, he's actively trying to hunt them. He just can't find any. So, um, in, in about four years, he's 16. He tells his dad he's going to go work on a riverboat. Um, <laughs> and, uh, when he's on the riverboat, he, he, you know, he's hearing these stories about these, uh, uh, um, um. Uh, children that are, are missing in the middle of the night. And he's pretty sure it's a vampire. So he figures out that it's, you know, it's happening at, you know, as it's going down this river. So as he, he follows along and he, he thinks he kind of has an idea of where, where, where things are happening. Um, he sees a, an, an old raft tied up. He's pretty sure there's someone there. And then he realizes, oh no, they're actually not on board. And it turns out to be an old woman carrying a child. And uh, as she gets up, he races over there to try to attack her. And she basically swats him down like a fly and then proceeds to hold his head underwater to, to drown him. And then before he passes out, um, she disappears suddenly, and he doesn't remember anything else except for waking up several days later. He's in a underground room. It's dark, um, and he's got a bunch of stuff on his chest They're healing him where he had broken ribs and everything and a guy walks over and you know is kind of telling him some stuff he's like you're healing um and after a little bit of the conversation he realizes that uh the guy's a vampire so he's trying to lash out after him but he's he's uh uh he's you know uh restrained to the bed and it go this happens for days like he refuses to eat he won't say anything he just you know is doing everything he possibly can to refuse dealing with the guy um, but then he does finally give in. He does finally start to eat a little bit, uh, and he starts to talk to the vampire because he starts reading uh, all these different books, including Shakespeare, so on and so forth, um, and then we start to get the information on it, and the vampire's name is Henry. turns out to be the same vampire that visited our author at the beginning of the book. His mm-hmm. name is Henry Sturgis. Did anybody else um, think of
4: Tin Cloverfield Lane? No. I whole, haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay, never mind. I, see I haven't seen it yet.
0: Though. I can see that connection, though, Parker.
4: Yeah, because he rescues a yes. person and then brings them down to an underground thing, and then they're chained up and,
0: and kept there. Yeah. And then you
4: I, learn that they're not exactly what you think, and then he okay, don't, 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 anymore, don't say
1: more. Don't more. I still want to see the movie. <laughs> I, I, hey, there's no no
4: spoilers here, man. No spoilers. Okay, so
1: um. And then we get and then we get uh we get henry's uh uh background and this goes back to yet another historical event um and Henry was supposedly a uh, member uh crossing in the Atlantic and uh was one of the pioneers at roanoke right.
4: um,
1: and he tells this yet once again a very horrific story of uh how um uh there, you know, and, and historically, this was found of uh, a C R O being carved into a couple of different places. And once we get the story, we Wait, find that's out... that's real. That, yes, it yeah. is real. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that.
3: That is real. Somebody didn't pay attention in history in high school.
1: <laughs>
4: Hell no, I didn't.
1: <laughs> um, so we get the we get the background as to it, and uh, of course, this telling of it is is the uh, the doctor was a vampire and proceeded to basically. Uh, was slowly but surely starting to kill people off, and then he's found out, and then he has to kill five or six people right offhand, and realizes that, yeah, that's just not going to do, so he proceeds yeah. to completely wipe out the entire village. I'll just kill everybody. That's yeah. A real sustainable um, life.
5: You know, yeah. You
4: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no survivors, there's no one to snitch on. Exactly. Exactly, yeah.
0: There's nobody to eat. Yeah, that's a theory for Roanoke. Do what? Yeah. That's,
4: a Roanoke. Do what? Yeah.
0: that's a good theory for Roanoke. Yeah, yeah like,
2: exactly. I'm
5: not,
0: I'm not trying to take that kind of theory, Roanoke, then, hey, you know.
1: Uh, <laughs> Dysentery <laughs> and cannibalism yes. or whatever. According to Cyrus, Lincoln was basically Rocky. Oh, oh, my God. oh, <laughs> oh nice. Shut up, Marion. Not Sorry bad. Kind of I didn't realize he was in the chat room. Uh, anyway, Let's, so. What's um,
6: uh, Roanoke? A Canadian doesn't know.
1: Okay. Oh! oh, that's right. You wouldn't know. That
0: is. It's one of the greatest enigmas of the United States.
1: You want to, you okay. want to fill, in, fill her in?
0: No, go ahead. <laughs> I'm talking too much. Well, I don't. It, talk too much. It,
4: it basically is what happened in the book. The whole town just wasn't there anymore yeah, when yeah. they came back for supplies to resupply okay. them.
3: It was a settlement that settled and then just wasn't. Okay. Nobody really yeah. knows what happened. And but yeah, one CRO of the first- was carved into some of the trees there. That was an actual thing.
1: Yeah, they thought – they think it was uh, an Indian attack, but they – I'm sorry, Native American. Uh, they think it was a Native American attack. Uh, <laughs> there's, no, there's no real – the problem is is there's no real uh, evidence that that's exactly what happened. Like there, there never seemed to be sign of a battle. It's like the people just literally just disappeared.
6: Like
3: vanished.
1: Yeah.
5: Would be a
3: good time to use that gif or that picture, that meme for that guy just saying aliens? Oh yeah, no joke. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. basically everything so,
5: uh, that we think was, you know, blamed on Native Americans was really vampires in this book. Like, that's right. what I learned.
3: Basically, basically,
1: yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I
3: mean,
6: I just never heard of. Uh,
1: yeah, that, but that—that's that's that's Roanoke. So
6: that's our U.S. history lesson for the day. Yay! Yay. I'm learning so much. Well, because I don't. I. Barely know anything about Abraham Lincoln in general. I knew mean, he was your a president of the United States, mm-hmm. and that he was a really tall dude, and that he had uh, a yeah. lot a hat. In, in the hat, mm-hmm. uh, and that he had a lot to do. He was heavily involved in. Um, he was an abolitionist and and believed in abolishing slavery, and he was a big part of all that. But and he got shot in a theater.
4: He, he oh, had he uh, this. This isn't yeah. real. He there was not a vampire hunter, just so uh, clear. Well, I
6: figured it, was but okay. reading it was because it's it makes that, and I learned I, I knew that some of it had actually happened, like there was actual events that he had actually been mm-hmm. a part of. And, and, I know we and you know more
5: now than 50% of America. About
6: congratulations! Job,
3: because
5: most people don't even know our history in America.
6: No, I know more of your history than I do my own
4: history. And, yeah, including like our president, president yeah. because
1: apparently he doesn't he doesn't think most people know knew that uh, he was uh, Lincoln was a Republican. So anyway, oh yeah, That's fun right. fact. Um, yeah,
3: but, but not to Most go down people down. also don't know that the Republican Party as it is now would be unrecognizable to the Republican Party back then.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so uh, basically, and, and it's horrific because literally, it's it's. It's Henry trying to, like, almost dying. Like, he's he's basically dying. He watches his wife die. And the vampire, the only reason the vampire doesn't finish him off is because uh, the only person, the only other person he spared was the first baby born, uh, uh, you know, in the Americas. And... He was like, well, hmm, I'm not going to have anyone to talk to for quite a while. This is going to get kind of boring, so uh, I'm going to keep you alive. So he turns him and then ends, ends up killing the child, which was just like – anyway, nice. Why'd you have to do that? Like, Yeah, no my, joke, right?
3: Yeah, I um, wasn't a huge fan of all of the,
4: the – mur- The ridiculous amount of killing in the book?
3: Yeah, that didn't sit very well with me like that. <laughs>
1: So uh, um, Abe gets better and proceeds to start to learn from Henry how to uh, attack and kill vampires. He tells him, you know, he basically shoots down a bunch of stuff. He's like, you know, well, what about garlic? And he's like, yeah, it just lets us, you know, smell you easier. And he's like, you know, holy water, no such thing. Uh, sunlight will kill us, but usually it's just like the, you know, the very first turn, the quote unquote young of us. Um, and then see, I could see this being
4: a training montage too in a movie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. like, "Well, what about this?" And it's yeah. like holding up garlic and he's like, uh he Yeah, exactly. It and it's like, "Ha ha ha," you know, it's like
1: yeah. <laughs> So, um uh, yeah, like
3: buddy comedy too. Like
1: Yeah, yeah
4: it's, it was absolutely <laughs> like a buddy cop movie. Yeah.
1: yeah. Absolutely. No, please don't do that. Actually, you know what? Technically it kind of was. When we get there, um so yeah. uh, he returns he returns home, his sister um dies in childbirth and um uh, Henry starts sending letters, and basically he's like, he's like, look, uh, don't judge us all equally. That's one of the things he keeps saying. Don't judge us all equally, uh, Abraham. Um, there are, there are, we all probably end up need to burn in hell, but though, there are some of us who need to burn sooner than others. And in, in these letters I'm sending you are the names of those who uh, basically need to get the axe first, quite literally. Um, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. So he gets this first letter. He leaves a week later and, um, basically beheads this cobbler. Um, and he wa- yes. walks into, <laughs> yes, the mm-hmm. and he, he walks in and he's literally like, you know, the, he asks the town, you know, where can I find the cobbler? And they're like, Oh, it's over here. So he walks in, <laughs> asks the guy's name and the guy's like, Oh yeah, that's me. And just basically pulls out his ax and, with a quick swing, knocks the guy's head off. So,
4: Mm-mm.
1: yeah, dun, when that dun,
4: happened, dun. I went back and read it again because I thought I missed a page. Uh huh. Because then it's like, oh, yeah, that's my name. And then it's just the next page. It's like, eh, Then I walk out. It's like, exactly. did I miss
1: something? And it's like, <laughs> no.
6: It's
4: <laughs> like,
1: I was like, oh, okay. Well. I, my opinion on that was this was their way of. of uh, or his way of punctuating the fact that, like, he doesn't give a fuck. He's just literally like, look, you're a vampire, done and done. I'm not, there's no, I mean, he does go into detail on some of the other, um, the other, you know, uh, meetings with the vampires, you know, if there's, like, a confrontation or something. But for the most part, he's just like, and he even says it later on in the book, there's one point and he's like, I was really tired. My plan was literally to Knock on the door, and whoever answers the door, literally just bury my chest, and whoever answers the door, you know, yeah. their chest, like it, a, their chest, and just walk go on. It's like so, a hitman, just like basis another
4: yeah. day, you know, I'll kill somebody else and then move on.
1: So he receives fifteen letters over three years and keeps improving his skills and his his uh, his work. Um, he ends up taking a a, a job uh, working uh, selling goods on a boat on the Mississippi. Uh, he ends up building the boat. he sees vampires uh in a wagon in daylight um with another one watching him um, and oh that's so that's i 'm sorry that 's when they get down to the end of the Mississippi. um they're in they 're in New Orleans. he sees vampires out and about in daylight like just like normal people no one's saying shit about shit um, and then he locks eyes with one vampire that he thinks is is following him, so he proceeds to follow him. Chases him around quite a bit, loses him in uh, uh, the uh, uh, cemetery, and then is confronted by by the vampire asking, you know, why are you chasing me? And he's like, well, I could ask you the same thing. And it's not a vampire. It's Edgar Allan Poe. Hell yeah, it is.
3: Mm. That, to me, was a little extra. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like, I
3: got to that point, I'm like, okay, we get it. Like,
0: (laughs) like having Elvis show up. It's like, come on. Seriously, like, what's...
1: My question is: is Did he, he ever perfectly. actually meet him?
0: Ugh. Do what?
1: Did he ever actually meet him?
3: I don't Oof. think so. Actually,
1: see, that's something I should have researched before the episode. It
3: would. It would have made kind of made not not really. I don't think so.
1: Oh, someone's typing. Oh,
6: um Parker's on it.
3: It's Parker because <laughs> yeah. his keyboard's so damn loud.
1: Sirens. don't have special things in the keyboard so movie, can like, it. it to be played no. by Samuel L. Jackson. No, no, Cyrus. No. Oh, it's no, not no, actually
3: I... stakes on a plane, Cy. Si. Shut up.
1: But no,
4: they, they did not meet.
1: They did not meet, okay.
3: No, of course they
6: didn't.
4: Hey, you, uh, are you a historian?
6: No, but I'm not a Guys
4: are you don't know. Um, you don't know
1: me. <laughs>
6: you don't know my life.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's at this point that, that we start to kind of get the real, um, kind of the real meat of the story. Uh, he follows a vampire to a plantation and witnesses uh, nine vampires kill nine slaves. And that's a very horrific scene because it's literally like they're, they're brought, they're scared to death. Of course they're brought in, they're fed really well. They're basically stood, you know, Told to stand there, and these nine, you know, very wealthy-looking uh, white men walk up behind them, and then just like within a second, they all turn and just rip these uh, poor slaves apart. And um, and that's when he literally says in the book, he realizes as long as there are slaves, there will be there will be vampires. Um, I didn't see that coming.
4: I thought they were going to free them, and then the vampires no, were going to be. <laughs> Wrapped up in some other weird scheme. I was, okay. like, oh. I uh, I was like, oh, that's nice of them. But, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, Instead, horrific killings uh, by these vampires. Yeah.
1: It. Uh, the next scene is he, he falsely corners a man in a saloon. Um and uh and that was like he said his be- his most embarrassing thing he was like 99 percent sure this guy's a vampire is planning on killing him but it's just a dude he like literally runs out of the window screaming like in the middle of the night in like his underwear and he's like well i call that badly um <laughs> that but um he leaves he leaves home at the age of 22 so uh, settles in decatur illinois uh running a general store meets jack armstrong who is the med- uh Kind of the leader of a a, a group of bullies, basically what it boils down to. They're a bunch. They're a bunch of toughs, and uh, because A no,
3: samurais, so yeah, yeah,
1: bunch of ruffians. Because uh, Lincoln is, is so uh, strong and, and tall, <laughs> that they immediately want to you know try to take him down a peg. But he ends up you know besting the the most the, the biggest of them, Jack. Um, and they end up becoming good friends. Like pretty quickly, they just literally bond, and. Um, it's at this point he starts, you know, he tells him that what it, what it is he's doing, that he's, you know, hunting vampires and Jack's like, look, dude, you're full of shit, you know, whatever. Uh, they get a letter, they go back to the, uh, to the same bar and, um, uh, you know they're they're looking for a vampire. He's like, I knew there was a vampire here. I guess I just called it wrong, and it turns out to be the bartender. So they wait for the bartender to to head out. They follow him down the street and don't realize it. He gets the upper hand on him, uh, almost kills Jack, causes him basically to crap his pants, and uh, he narrowly kills him. And then it's at that point that they basically become hunting partners. Going back to your idea of this being a, a buddy cop situation, <laughs> just saying. See? So when you said buddy cop, I was like, no, no, actually, yeah, that would work. Because <laughs> so, you can have uh,
4: the, uh, the the smart know-it-all trying to train mm-hmm. the hapless um, simpleton mm-hmm. with the heart of gold. <laughs> you know, it's – I don't know. This book just read like a movie script. I agree. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. They did make a movie out of this. Well, but oh, it wasn't yeah. this, though. Um, no, it was not. Um, I was like, you could have just um, taken it directly from the book, and it would have been a better – thank thank yeah. you
6: you're very right you're it's, that's true
1: yeah, it's really weird yeah um at this it's at this point Abe runs for legislature uh loses um, opens a general store it closes uh he volunteers to fight uh Native Americans sorry it says Indians, but anyway uh never sees battle at all opens another general store um, and um, um, runs for office again, but this time he wins. He also falls in love with Anne Rutledge. Um, uh, Abe goes to leave for the legislature, returns, plans to marry her, writes a letter to the man who's uh, she's betrothed to. So in the thing, she's uh, already promised to someone else. So he writes a letter. He's like, you know, listen, I'm in love with her. You, you basically left her alone. You know, I would like her hand. Dude shows back up. And uh turns out he was a vampire. And
5: he's a vampire.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. the thing. Is it's like, oh, this guy's a bad dude,
3: vampire. vampire. Boom. Yep.
1: Roasted. Like, well, hey, it, it's it's it is a little one dimensional, but I mean, it, it, it definitely kind of re-sements that. the whole idea that, hey, you know what, vampires are bad shit, and they keep fucking up my life. Yeah, so. I already knew
3: that. Like, and then it
1: turns into
4: a rom com. Like, there's no,
1: a love man. triangle
3: <laughs> with a vampire,
1: but they're with a twist. Yeah. It literally does. Yeah. Um, He's in there like drinking dies, a shake. You think unfortunately, it's a shake it's horribly. Blood. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Abel almost commits suicide. Uh, Henry brings him uh, the vampire that, you know, uh, killed Anne and he basically tortures. They basically together torture him in the most slow possible way. Yeah. Um,
4: Real like brutal stuff.
1: Yeah, like they having staked that he's on fire, they keep putting <laughs> yeah. water on him so he will burn slow as possible. Um it's pretty intense.
4: Yeah. Uh so they didn't really like specify is there a best way to kill a vampire or you anyway, I would you assume back just back. beheading. Because said like beheading 'cause like they can get shot a bunch of times, but like but then if you just like crack their skull open then they can die too or Bleed out, or I don't
2: know. asking
5: for a friend, or yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna give, uh, you're gonna give Cy some ideas as to what your your job really. Yeah, don't is. don't add fuel to the fire. <laughs> oh, so that's it. Parker's that's right. not really in the Secret Service. He's a got a great partner. hatchet for
4: it. It's already, it's already made. So.
1: Well, so does Ray. I mean, the other yeah. night we were on the show, yeah. and he was like, hold on, I'm grab my axe. And it All takes right. Ray less
3: than 10 seconds to <laughs> yeah. get that thing, too, so y'all better remember that.
1: Yeah. Well, he has one <laughs> in every room. It's right so. here.
3: See? see? Less than 10 seconds every yeah, there you time. you That's consistency. Yay, Canada. Canada.
4: It's <laughs> a perfect, perfect one for her. Yeah. <laughs> but can you throw it 30 yards?
6: Probably. He's Canadian. Probably I couldn't. <laughs> I, I could throw it, but it wouldn't do anything. He could I mean,
4: that's far. 90 feet. That's a... Uh, yeah. That's not, that's not that didn't expect, Canada. especially
1: with some, you know, if you're going to have enough force to, to, you know, really do something with it, so. Strike a...
6: It probably, I would...
1: hire a sunder. Yeah. His
6: aim would be bad, but he could probably throw it. That's not the point. Just throw it.
1: Well, no, you kind of have to hit what you're aiming at,
6: Lainey. Well, I'm not in Canada, it's
3: fine. You can't
4: just you can't scare them. them. Like, you actually have to, have, like, hit
3: them. That would be my, like, go-to. It's like, I'm just going to scare the crap out of him, and I'll never know that I don't have any real skills.
1: All right. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, it's at this point Abe almost commits suicide. Uh, like, okay, so I already went over that. He basically kills the vampire. Starts to feel a little bit better. I mean, I feel a little bit better. Um, Abe breaks out of his depression. Um but starts sending Jack on errands. He moves to Springfield, becomes a lawyer, and meets Speed. Um Speed's kind of his Speed is um fast talking. Uh he just basically says he's annoying as hell. But he ends up, you know, becoming fond of him. They're they're friends. They're both both very learned men. Whereas Jack is uh very down to earth, he's not book smart at all. But he has a kindred spirit, and you know, with him, and that they're both strong, and that they can, you know, crush vampires. Whereas speed is more his intellectual equal. So it seemed like he trusted Jack pretty quick
4: to just start doing his bidding for him when he leaves.
1: Well, I think several—I think several months, if not a year, passes over this time. Like I said, I'm, I'm condensing, so.
4: Right. Well, I, I, yeah, I know that, but I mean, even in, in the book, it just seems really quick. I don't know, I'd,
3: like he needed to move the plot along.
4: Well, I mean, he does that throughout the whole book. It's just one line, giant <laughs> oh, yeah. sentence, basically. But I don't know. It just seems, <laughs> um, I don't know. It just seems like he trusts him really quick. He's like, "Oh, I gotta leave. Go kill vampires." Person nice. who doesn't know how to do that. Bye. And then he just like, he's like, oh, well, I guess Jack is dead, then I guess. Just, <laughs> that's kind of what I thought. I was like, well, he dies, so. But, I don't know. No.
1: Anyway.
4: <laughs> this is rambling an insane why. person. Don't listen to me. It's
1: all good. Uh, so he gets over the loss. He begins hunting once again while he's on circuit, what I was referring to earlier. Um. Right. And there's a really interesting uh, battle between him. Oh, that was the one where he was going to battle the woman literally like – was like, uh, you know, uh, meets – you know, he knocks on the door. He's ready to just basically, you know, take his axe and and plunge it into whoever opens the door. And it turns out to be the woman he was defending earlier in the day. Uh, But she turns out to be a vampire. They get into it. (laughs) Barely – he's like – literally, he's like, well, I don't think I'll ever have the opportunity to – Uh, you know, protect someone in court and then kill them later that night. So um, it's at this point, he meets Mary Todd falls in love, um, but she's being courted by Stephen Douglas. Um, Ah. And then, uh, but the father approves the marriage. He didn't think it was going to happen. Henry sends a letter warning that Mary's father is actually a friend of vampires. So he breaks it off Speed talks you know, uh, he ends up going to visit Speed. They talk about the, uh, you know, vampire. Speed's like, yes, I knew about vampires. You know, I grew up in the South, and, you know, that was around. That was the thing. Um,
3: All the cool kids were doing it.
1: Yeah. So uh, speed, this is where he kind of gets Speed up to Speed uh, about the vampire. <laughs> they end up uh, uh, inviting six vampires to the house. He ends up killing five of them very quickly. The one tries to run off. Speed chases it almost dies Abe saving um in a very cin- cinematic way like literally as he's about to to kill speed all of a sudden you know, axe just comes out of everywhere it. and just goes yeah so
4: i i could i could see it in my head the the camera like it was insane
1: yeah um he moves back to springfield um has to convince mary to to marry him because she's like you know why would i marry you you left you ran off uh um, but they end up getting together of course, and have their first son, Robert. Uh, and at that point he gives up, right. Uh, he gives up hunting. He's like, I'm done. Uh, and writes Henry's like, you know, look, I'm done. Um, so, um, it's at this point, speed and Jack actually go on one last mission for him and, uh, they don't really care for each other. Cause you know, the one's basically an ox and the other one's, you know, a, a parakeet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh Yeah. There's your there's your there's your other buddy cop there. Um and that yeah. there you go. the only reason I'm gonna go into that one is because uh this is the one where it talks about uh it's a, a college professor, they uh he's doing an autopsy on a guy and uh then he goes into a hidden room and when they follow him. They find like really st- like stacks of human bodies that are still alive, that are barely alive, and then those vampires drain their blood. And it's like in all these glass tubes above them. And during the battle, of course, the blast glass tubes get broken, and glass and blood go everywhere. And once again, it's a big movie scene. Disgusting. Yes, big set piece. Yeah, um, and they they barely get out alive. Like uh, uh, Jack loses his hand, Speed basically his leg gets messed up. Um, and it's at this point uh, Abe gets elected to the representative, uh, House of Representatives, moves to DC. Henry writes him asking him to change his mind. He's like, "Nope, not doing it." And he has Eddie, his second son. Um, he's disappointed in DC. I know that for a fact. Uh, I, I I do know that when he first when he first got to Washington, uh, he very much had the impression that you know this is supposed to be learned men who are doing the the best thing possible for. Uh, you know the the people who elected them, and it's just like most of these people are idiots, or they don't care anything about the people they're elected for.
4: Some things never change, man.
1: Imagine that. Um, yeah. yeah so, uh so uh, he's disappointed in DC, um, and he finds out that the uh, southern uh, uh Congress people, Congress critters, are illegal vampires, <laughs> and this is where the kind of something that they've talked about throughout the book, you know, is put on a very fine point and it's basically, you know, uh, vampires are in league with the South. Basically, you know, they're able to kill slaves. No one cares about slaves. So that's fine. They have, they have a very easy way to feed, uh, that no one really cares about. And, you know, they supply money and power to, uh, the South as long as there are slaves for them to feed on. So, um, once again, he meets Poe basically, Poe tells him about the uh blood countess um and it's a very he goes it's funny this is i love the scene because uh Poe is very very detailed in this talking about how um <laughs> first off he explains that you know there's this uh there's this woman and she uh becomes lovers with another woman and of course Abe's like,
4: "How's the woman
1: huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> But, two women? What? Uh, yeah. God, yeah. And he's like, just, just go with it. Just go with it. And, uh, and he's talking about how these very horrific deaths, about how they've killed like six hundred girls, and they're just very, and he's explaining this in very great detail. And he's just like, well, you please stop? Please stop. You're, you're. This is too much. Please stop and just get to the point." And he's like, "The point is, is that uh, you know they took up because this was so horrific. Europe took up arms." And started hunting down vampires. And when they realized, oh shit! Guess what? You, you know, we can actually kill vampires. You know, they started hunting and causing the vampires to flee Europe. So they came here because it's you know easy prey. Um,
4: yeah. I wondered, knowing that, why wouldn't they just spread the word that you can do that to kill all the vampires? And like, just tell the slaves they can do that,
1: yeah. right? And, like, because they were giving them that. money and power. It was a thing. Oh that. It was like, "Hey, you know, listen. You know, I can I can do certain things for you. I have lots of money and power that I can, you know, influence people and and stuff with. Um, you give me slaves, I give you money and power." And it's like, "All right." Yeah. I'm done. So, Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, he didn't run for another term. He left DC, went back to Illinois, um, to be with his family, focused on being a lawyer. Um, it's at this point he loses Eddie and um Henry offers to bring him back. Um, and of course he, he turns him down. He's like, no, as as much as I miss my little boy, I can't, can't damn him forever to be, you know, a vampire. This hit me. Like the first time I read this, I wasn't a father yet. So I'm like, man, that would be a hard decision. Now that I'm a father, I can't imagine having such a uh, position put upon me. Um, so this uh, the last time or two I've read this book, it hit me really hard. Um, Aww. It just did. Like I just <laughs> thought, I was like, I'm living that choice, what I do? So, hey, no, that was genuine. I'm not even. Was it? It's hard. I'm to not tell even trying
4: try to be an it. asshole right now. <laughs> that was
3: really hard to tell. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, um, for once,
1: I was being very sincere. Yeah. Well,
3: boy who cried wolf. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up having two more boys: Willie and Tad. Uh, Jack dies. Unfortunately, um,
4: yeah, it's, everyone a, dies.
1: I, yeah. Yes, pretty well, much. Yeah,
4: because vampires. Like, if, if, it's you around, geez, yeah, if you were around, jeez, yeah. If you are around him, he just ended up dying. I
3: think I was just being alive back then. Like,
4: yeah, that's just another day. I just <laughs> uh, well, we lost Jack yesterday. Ugh, jeez, another one. He huh? coughed
3: once last Thursday. I knew it was coming.
1: It dropped him <laughs> like
4: flies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Douglas champions the yeah. Kansas-Nebraska Act, which allows uh, slavery in new regions. Lincoln debates him and becomes notable for the character, uh, his character in politics. Uh, Henry asks, right, adding, uh, asking him to go to New York. He goes, gets knocked out. He's taken to a secret meeting, and it's at this point that basically they tell him, "Look, uh, we need you to be president so that you can, you can basically help us stop slavery and stop the southern vampires." Um, so he runs against Douglas in the Senate, but loses. Um, Stewart, who was supposed to be the uh, no, the lead nomination for the Republican Party, all of a sudden just goes, "Well, I'm going to Europe for a while." And uh, that was how convenient. Yeah, basically a way to basically you know leave him as being the primary person for the Republican nomination. So um, let's see here. Uh, t- t- Oh, and it's at this point, so um, he becomes the uh, he becomes the uh, uh, Republican nomination, um, and the Democrats are split between the North and the South. The Northern Democrats and the Southern Democrats are kind of fighting each other as who they want. Uh, they send three vampires to start protecting him, and it's at this point Henry sends a letter asking him to kill Jefferson Davis. I'm pretty sure Lincoln never actually tried to kill Jefferson Davis. <laughs> I'm sure. hope oh, not. We would have heard about that
2: one.
1: Although that would be really interesting if that. it happened. Yeah. Um. He takes speed and uh, another friend of his, Layman, down to um, uh, uh, Davidson's house. They get inside. It's basically a trap. Um. Bunch of vampires show up. There's yet another big set piece for. Uh, yeah. We got a big battle between not only vampires and humans, but. Um, mm-hmm. um, so uh, Lincoln with the presidency. Uh, states begin to succeed. Begin to secede. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm just trying to run through here because I know we've gotten pretty long on the show. And they, uh, that's when they
4: they he's introduced to the Union. Which I like how they called the Union was
1: like I love the vampire that
4: thing. It's like oh that's cute.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I see what you are Um, so everything breaks at Fort Sumter. Um. And then it's it's at this point you know, uh, you know Lincoln starts filling in people about the Southern uh, vampire plot. Uh, South won the Battle of Bull Run with the vampires. They that was another pretty graphic ske- uh, scene that which was awesome.
4: Yeah.
1: Oof. Um, and then his son Willie dies over the course yeah. of several days.
4: Yeah, the other one. one dies. Yeah,
1: the yeah. Other what, one uh, the best. Once again, it kind of hard. <laughs> great. I'm just like, but I mean, think about it. If How, how, how could you be expected? In all all reality, though, in all reality, though, Uh, this dude was in the process of trying to keep our country from falling apart and his kid dies.
4: Uh, Yeah, he suffered from melancholy, as they called it, but severe depression, like most of his adult life.
1: And, yeah, I I see why.
4: Mm -hmm. And the presidency was a huge part of that. And And I know know this this is a work of fiction, but it definitely
1: helps illustrate why so many people consider him to be such a great president because he did such a great job despite all of this shit happening to him. Right? Is
5: is Willie the one that died from the vampire? Yes. Okay. Or they all. I I don't remember. From the poisoning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um... And then here is another legitimate scene. Um, Lincoln rides to Fort Stevens, uh, to see the battle, and, um, it basically becomes fatalistic and is like literally on the front lines and is the only sitting president who's ever been in, like, who's seen a battle as, as an acting president. Um, and then he kind of slowly but surely pulls himself out of it. Um, and then, of course, it, it talks about he, he, uh, they kind of uh, embellish on the meeting with General McClellan uh, after uh, the Battle of uh, uh, Antietam, and you know, there's that very historic picture of them sitting there, not liking each other because, you know. Uh, McKellen basically screwed up you know just let him go just let him go and you know there's that very famous line of if you're not using the army I would so much very much like to borrow them (laughs) yeah right. it's like wow that's really awesome it's kind of a douchey way to put it but (laughs) go go Lincoln right Uh, uh, and then he gives you know running through the rest of because it does run pretty quick Um, um, yeah at this point there's like what
4: Twenty pages left till the end of the book. Yeah, it runs like it. pretty quick.
3: Yeah, all of a sudden he decided to pick
4: up the pace. Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, I'm tired of writing, and then he just like <laughs> started writing faster. <laughs> his last like after all my years, years of his life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a whole week would go by. And it's like, okay, next scene. Like, well, yeah, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. So we have the Emancipation Proclamation as a way to, um, which was legit as to you know help disrupt the the Southern war machine. Um, Lee surrenders, we win, we, win, uh, we win the Civil War. Yay. Oh, um,
4: we lost.
1: And then we get the whole thing about how um, booth is a vampire. Okay, so
4: my theory is that he saw because you were talking about earlier, that he just wanted to marry the vampires and Lincoln stuff together. but I think they were standing sitting around drinking one night and someone kind and said, you know, someone brought up the whole Booth thing killing him. He's like, what if he was a vampire? And then they just built this whole book around the fact that he was a vampire, and he killed him because of that. Because the book starts screaming, and then it hits this point and starts talking about Booth, and then it goes into detail for once, and then it catches back up and ends the book. So I think the whole point of the book was to write about Booth being a vampire.
1: Do you think maybe that was one of the first things that he wrote? And then like the rest of it kinda of filled in maybe as he went.
3: He did it like J. K. Rowling did with Harry Potter, where she's like, I already have the ending in mind and then just kinda
4: Yeah. I don't know, it just seemed that that chapter was for one person talking about one person being a vampire and another chapter a, four years would go by and like four different scenes would happen. And then you slow down for this one area and you speed back up. It just was a weird pacing thing.
1: Cause we got a lot of background on Booth. Yeah. Like I said, it's been a while talking about, and I was like, this is so
4: out of place that made me think that maybe that's the seed of the idea. And then they just kind of fleshed out everything after that, I guess they needed a reason for him to be there at that time. I think. Yeah. is what it is. What it seemed like to me.
1: Um, and then we end up with, um, you know, through the whole scene, uh, Booth is killed by Henry, and then uh, the very last scene is uh, somewhat uh, – it wasn't painted extremely clearly, but it was clear enough that it was supposed to be that in 1963 we, we catch up with Henry and Abe watching Martin Luther King give a speech. This
4: was so uh, – okay.
1: That was I, the part I could have left off with. That was so just dumb. Yeah, that was that was just a little too much. So
3: that felt too like yeah forced end of the football movie. Going well, okay, back well to the that's after
4: theater. the credits. That's the after the credits. Yeah, that's the as you're leaving the theater, you yeah. go oh. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's no, her see Mario that would have worked as
1: an after credit and... thing. I think that would have been fine as an after credit thing. Before a book, it didn't really work out. So. Yeah. yeah,
3: that should have been in. Well, the, for a it, book that was being written to become a
1: movie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> why know. I
5: why just... I just... Abe <sighs> agree to stay a vampire? He hated them his whole life. Thank you. Yeah. Suddenly, okay with oh yeah, I'll
4: just it become a vampire. Yeah, make sense. I appreciate that.
3: I, I didn't mean, feel he, very on brand for. He brand told brand the
4: guy movie. to go away and never see him and or talk to him again after he offered for the 20th time someone else died to bring him back to life. Yeah, and
3: then yeah. he's like, let's hang out and be back. Yeah, he's like,
1: I, we're, we're BFFs now. And we're, well,
4: I'm alive again. I well, well he, had yeah.
1: to, he had to work in that line one more time about how some people are just too interesting to kill. And yeah, then, and, and then that's, on
4: spot. that's on a black screen, and then the movie ends. Like, that's it,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, speaking of the movie, um, we've, uh, taught, we've mentioned it multiple times throughout the, the show. We made a better uh, movie. Let's go ahead. Hey, who and,
4: and who
5: just, played who in that movie? I didn't actually look this
1: up. Uh, nobody, nobody. I thought
5: about
3: watching it after, and then I finished the book and decided that I was fine.
1: Okay, I'm going to start with Chris and I, because Chris and I probably have the strongest feelings about this. Both of us, I, I remember, read the book and, and yeah. greatly enjoyed the book. Yeah. Um, and then we start seeing the trailers for this movie and I'm like, that looks kind of interesting the The thing that stuck out the most was it was that slow motion scene of him swinging the axe. The axe, and that yes. tree explodes loading. And I'm just like, Oh wow. They're going to take this and like really like kind of amp it up. This this looks interesting. And
6: yeah, it was cool.
1: Okay. So I was down for it. And then we went and watched the movie and, um, what were your thoughts, Chris?
6: Um, uh, uh. <laughs> Um, I, uh, if I read, I, I read the book so long ago, I think if I read the book now, I would probably look at it and read it a little bit differently because when I first read it, I still like you, Eugene, I'm late to the game with reading and, um, yeah, so I was, I loved the book and I was really excited. I'm I love vampire, uh, lore and different authors, different takes on it. I liked it. And then I was like, okay, the movie's coming out. We've got to see it. And then I watched it and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> It's like he, and I understand, I think, I think Seth actually did write the screen. He did. He, 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 he did write the, the first draft. Yeah. So my feeling of it now is looking back at it and having written a few things is that he wrote the book and after it was published, he probably had so many other ideas of where it could have gone and what he wouldn't want to do. And then stuck that in the movie of all the different things he thought the, the story could go and all the things he wanted to add and couldn't or whatever. And it, cause it was nothing like the book, nothing. The plot was all backwards and, things were
1: jumping around and it was just, yeah, it was stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, so some of the things, okay. I understand that we, we had this discussion a little bit when we were talking about the Martian. Um, yeah. and, and I have thought since then, cause I mean, if you, if you've read the walking dead and then watched the show, mm-hmm. they've done interviews with, with Robert Kirkman who, who writes and is a showrunner. And he said, he looked at the show as a, an opportunity to, um, investigate and, and and tweak some things that he originally had thought about doing with the book yeah. but never did. He went down a different path. And I, I kind of got the same sense with you, but I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense though. Like you spent all of that time researching Lincoln's actual life and tried mm-hmm. to marry up these situations and these instances to be as real time as possible. And then you just totally threw all of that out from the movie. Yes.
6: Yeah, everything that seemed so important in the book Was not even no matter. They
1: turned Henry into the villain. Yes, and I'm just like no. I mean, granted, it's he you know hated vampires, but Henry was a friend. Like, Mm. yeah. So, yeah. It it drove me insane. In the
5: end of the movie, I'm sorry. Does he turn Abe in the end of the movie? Or I don't remember. Nobody else wants to know. know.
1: Honestly, (laughs) I don't remember. I I was like literally about. Halfway through that movie, I was like, eh. and then three quarters of the movie, I'm just like, oh, I've sat this long, I'm just going. to – I, I, I almost that, like, got it walked out.
3: I hope that that end scene was like the one that they were like, no, I feel like that's too much. Like, we don't. Need <laughs> yeah, <one.">
4: yeah <laughs> it was, it was, it was gross. Know. So, watching the movie, but I, uh, I did watch the movie, but I couldn't tell you what happened in it. it that good. Huh? Was, it was really boring, and it just wiped from my memory.
1: Yeah, it's not – this is honestly – between this and uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, yet another Seth Graham Smith book, um, sure. I've, I'm not, I haven't i completely reversed course on my theory of watch the movie first and then read the book because I, I still look at it as the movie is the condensed version and the book is the expanded universe. Like that's where you can get more depth on everything, mm-hmm. but these two movies in particular are so bad That I don't want to tell anyone to watch them because if I tell someone, oh, you should watch the movie first before you read the book, they're going to watch the movie and go, I'm not reading that book. That movie was. (laughs) Why would I want more of that?
6: Mm -hmm. And I only got halfway through Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I started reading that after I'd read Abraham Lincoln Mm
3: -hmm. and
6: I had to stop. I only read half of it. I'm like, this, I just. Oh, was it bad bad. After reading. Well, for me, I have a really. I think it's because he tried to keep it in the language of Jane Austen and it was the oh, way
3: women back Stay in the lane, Seth.
6: So there are these prim and proper women that are supposed to be set in that time except they fight zombies made no sense and it was really boring. So even with zombies, yeah. it was boring.
5: I think, given what I've heard, this would be a better Drunk History episode than a Yes! yes.
4: <laughs> you whole Thank you. Holy shit, yes.
1: <laughs> I Thank can you. see
5: it like playing out <laughs> as a Drunk History.
1: Absolutely. Oh, that would be great. That's a good call, Jen. Um, man, I want to do that. Yeah, yeah no that joke. Would be
3: our Drunk History well, episode. You guys should of- do it and record it. Yeah, historical fiction.
2: Yes.
0: That
3: would be fitting. Well, I, I wonder
1: who's going to play Abe. Oh one with idea. <laughs> just have to get the to come up sometime. Yeah, um,
4: I
2: got you.
1: But uh, yeah, so this is one of those this is one of the movies that definitely I was like, Nope, don't bother with the movie, just and what's funny is when I was describing this earlier on Facebook, I think when I posted about it earlier this week, uh, I have some friends of mine that worked at a campus I worked at and they watched the movie and they liked it. And I was like, did you ever read the book? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, obviously that's why yeah, that's <laughs> a so case. I'm um, like, watch the book, or watch the book, read the book. And then you'll just be like, what the fuck did I watch? So, yeah. yeah. yeah so, definitely. um, all right. Well, that's pretty much our discussion of, of Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter. Um,
4: I have, I have one thing to
1: add. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lincoln, Sorry, I forgot to wrap up with any post-impression. So, uh, yeah, Parker? Um, did anybody else have a problem with
4: the five dreams that were just yes. dreams and not real? Because after the first time, he was dreaming, and then, you know, I woke up, and everyone wasn't dead. I was like, okay, whatever. And That's kind of annoying, yeah. And then it happened three or four more times, and I was like... Can you just tell the story and not do the the flashback dream bullshit and just get to it? Like, ah, I don't know. I, the first time was okay, but then, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, no, I, I'm I'd not a big there. fan of that that style trope, whatever you want to call it. In books, is not.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, not one of my favorites either. Yeah, I, don't know. I just something else to bitch about. So overall, I mean, I, I already said, I. even though this book does have a lot of faults, uh, I still like it. I, I still love it. It's just – it's a fun read to me, so. Um. Yeah, it's a I, – I won't read it again, but I wasn't
4: upset that I read it. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't too bad. Okay. any other one? Any other uh, thoughts anyone wants to throw out there real quick? Mm. I wish
3: I would have known how violent this book was going to be before I read it. Oh, okay. That would have been <laughs> just FYI, guys. <laughs> well, heads up. As somebody who, like, has to cover her eyes during, like, Game of Thrones, it would have been.
4: Oh. Yeah, but you're just reading it, though. Yeah,
3: but I still picture it, and I can still feel like it's happening to me, and I don't like that. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Oh, so you're you're feeling the gore stuff, but when I bring up the stuff about, man, I can't imagine losing my kid, you're like eh, – well. I have a
3: queen lyric to go over. You have
4: another with. one bites the dust. In. It's
3: because I, know, I just like, man, am whatever. a heartless, All a, a this heartless she-beast.
1: So, um, well, speaking <laughs> of books, our next book for next month is going to be uh, You're Never Weird on the Internet by Felicia Day. Uh, yes. Um, so we're nice going ahead. back to the to the autobiographical. Biographical. Mm-hmm.
3: Would it be an autobiography or more of a memoir?
1: Yeah, I guess it is more of a memoir because I mean, yeah, uh, So yes, that will be the book that we're reading next time. So I have to. I've already read that one again. So. Oh, uh,
4: one more thing. Yeah. Just real quick. This was the first time that I saw the word mezzanine written down before.
3: No, it's not. I,
4: I don't think I've ever oh seen God, that on like word. a
3: ticket to like the yeah. symphony or like
4: the ballet or something. Oh yeah, that's right. Those multiple times I've been oh. to the ballet. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: you're right. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> I was gonna uh, say you. I assumed that you had been to the symphony before. I
4: have, but I don't remember looking at the ticket. Anyway, I saw it and I was like, oh, that's that word spelled. I don't know. That's really weird. That's a word. Yeah. <laughs> Well, every once in a while, I just come across a book, uh, a book and I read them, like, I've never seen that word spelled before.
3: Spell like, it now.
4: I I wrote it down.
3: The word is mezzanine.
4: M-E-C-Z-A-N-I-N-E-S.
3: That would have been fine if you had stated the word at the beginning and at the end, but unfortunately... But we're not at a spelling out. base, so it yeah. doesn't
4: matter.
1: All right, children. Uh, let's move on to our... Uh, what else have you been reading? Um, has anyone been reading anything else of interest lately? I have. What have
3: you been reading, uh, Lainey? So, um, when we Eugene and I had an event uh, that he spoke about earlier over the weekend, and we met some pretty cool dudes at the table next to us oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that were actually—I um I was going to say peddling, but that makes it sound really mean. I don't mean it in a mean way. Peddling they were, their wares. Yeah, they're peddling their wares. Now they were selling, actually, they were they're promoting and selling their comic book series, which is called Speak No Evil. Um, And it looked really cool and sounded really cool. So I actually picked up a copy of the first and the second issue. So I have finished the first issue and I'm starting the second one. Um, And it's really good. I've actually really, really enjoyed it. It's kind of cool. It's different than other comic books that I've read because it's set in, like, the 30s. And basically it's these, like, two kids who come across like the abandoned can like cabin of like Tesla and like H. P. Lovecraft or whatever. And it's, it's just really, really interesting. It's got some cool sci-fi, some cool horror elements. I've really enjoyed it. The illustrations are really great. Um, I'm, I'm actually pretty stoked about it. So, but yeah, so go check that out. In fact, they're doing a Kickstarter right now, I think for their third issue.
4: What's it so called? So I can write it down.
3: Speak no evil. You already have a copy. So no, I don't. Yeah, you do. It's in my backpack.
1: You, oh, you don't haven't. have it
4: yet oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Hey, thanks
1: You're welcome Well, speaking of comics, I'll go ahead and jump in here uh, I've actually started reading two different things The first thing that I read and cleared was... Uh, Ghostbusters One Hundred and One has dropped. Nerd,
4: Yes, it is. Nerd. Yes,
1: it is, uh, it is uh, basically a crossover series with the um, Ghostbusters Answer the Call, aka the twenty sixteen series, with the original series. Um, I mean, it's just it's just the first issue. It's very simple, but uh, I like what where it's going. Um, uh, that being said, the other thing that I started reading came out, I think, just this week um maybe last week it's uh, the third book in um, um the Jessica Blackwood series uh, it's called Blackfall um it's written by Andrew Maine i listen to several podcasts that he's on he's a um well he, he he's not only a stage uh, magician but he also like his has created quite a few uh, uh uh, he's written multiple magic books. He's done lots of different tricks and sold them to like you know big name magicians. They're illusions, um, okay,
4: not tricks.
1: Sorry, a trick for money. But uh, well, he likes to, he refers to them as tricks as well. So, uh, oh, but um, wrong too. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, he uh, the the series is basically about a an FBI agent. She grew up. Her dad and her her grandfather were both fa- uh, famous magicians, and she was kind of getting away from that. Um, and then a bunch of, uh, really crazy shit starts happening. And when she, uh, is, you know, kind of stumbles onto the case, she starts realizing that, um, yeah, someone's using some really high level, like illusionist shit to pull off these murders and, and cause it and, and, you know, do a lot of damage. Um, so of course they're like, well, we know nothing about this, so we're going to pull you in on the case. This is the third book in the series. Um, it's very high level. There's a lot of explaining to it, a lot of information. Um but anyone who has any interest in magic, like is like this is the only time magic's ever been because he is a magician. So there's like this is the only time you know magic is being accurately portrayed in a book. So most of the time this is kind of throwing some other stuff. So uh really good. I'm who knows, I'm even proposed the first one eventually, because so, I like the character. She's very well rounded. So uh Chris, are you reading anything of interest?
6: Yes. Uh, I'm reading a sci-fi romance. Call uh, I call it my smut because it's... nerd. Yeah, nerd? <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? I love it. Um, and it's uh, by Sherilyn, uh Keenan. Keenan, probably not. Whatever it is, Anyways, she's. Mm-hmm. I love her stuff. She. It's a. Uh, I think it's like the sixth one of her legend series, and it's mm-hmm. set about six thousand years in the future in this Katie uh, universe, and it's. You know, it's got battles and and sci-fi stuff like and uh, mechas and all that kind of stuff. And then it's love and romance and brooding and happily ever after. And oh, it's just the brooding, all kind of oh, the brooding. Sometimes mm-hmm. it gets boring, and I have to flip through the brooding. But
3: okay, <laughs> it well, like five pages of brooding. brooding,
6: you're like, I get it. You're tortured. Let's. <laughs> but not aside. It's, it's uh, I love it. It's a guilty pleasure because it's just, I love that they end up together and it's all happy. And yeah, I love right. reading stuff like that. As it's long
1: really as you're enjoying it. it, that's all that matters.
6: Oh yeah. And it's like 800 and something pages.
1: Ooh, there you
4: go.
6: Yeah. Get yeah, real,
4: real deep in that smut.
6: Real deep, real brooding. <laughs> it's a, it's a feeling that's happening, but it's good.
1: There you go. Uh, Boldy, are you reading anything of interest?
0: Uh, I'm reading. <laughs>
1: I was, actually, I should ask, since I'm talking to you, I should say how many things are you reading of interest, five or six?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's interesting, <laughs> any of you all, but um, I just finished reading a book called uh, The Sun is Also a Star by Nicole Yoon, which is a coming-of-age novel about how you can – well, she proposes in this story between two young people. Um, he, The guy says that he can make the girl fall in love with him within a day by – based on this article that that if you ask some stranger these 30 questions that then scientifically that yes that person will fall in love with you because yep. you'll make them vulnerable based on these questions and their answers and that sort of thing mm-hmm. it's a beautifully written book you get the perspective of both the male and the female um and and i won't tell you how it ends up but it's it's uh, you get both sides you get the scientific side of it and you get the actual um emotive and ethereal side. So I have read that. And then I've also been reading, um, uh, a children's novel because, you know, I do kind of tend to read the kids books so that I can recommend <laughs> the kids. Part books. Of your
3: job. I appreciate yeah. that, Baldy.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I'm reading this one now. That's kind of like, it's kind of like our, um, uh, never ending story, to be honest with you. So it's quite interesting, the characters that are in it. And, um, the magic that uh seems to prevail. So it's called The Girl Who Drank the Moon. <clears throat> so that's what I'm reading.
4: That's an awesome name.
3: That sounds amazing.
0: Yes. It is well, just one it's on the Blue Bonnet list too, which is for um the Canadian, you know, our <laughs> our award winning books in the state of Texas. So
4: Do they still have that? That's yeah.
3: awesome. I remember looking for those books in the library when I was. Yeah, there.
4: me too. The little
3: the little
0: stamp. We have a little mm-hmm. down
4: there. Yep. yep, we have stickers now to stamp. Yep. But yep, you got We're it. Cheap out, um. right? Thanks, Trump. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: Jennifer, are you, what are you reading?
0: Um,
5: I just finished listening to a book called "Originals: How Nonconformists Can Change the World" or something like that by Adam Grant.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: It's, it was like if you're even thinking about. Doing something requiring courage or any kind of um, bold action, or not. If you're just like trying to get out of a rut, or you just want to be inspired, like it was so good. I, I, I can't explain how inspiring it was.
1: It was called Originals.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's by Adam Grant. I might have gotten the second for the title wrong, but it's it's um, it's just like he's a professor at a college talking about how all these people throughout history have made these amazing changes but how they weren't even that confident going in and we look back on them now and they were visionaries like martin luther king and um you know people we may not have even heard of like the women suffragists but you know how they were just you know trying to do these great things but at the time they almost didn't do them or you know something almost stopped them and um, they persevered and you know kind of their mindset and what you can do if you have something you want to
1: pursue (laughs) very cool hmm. yeah check yeah. that one out Parker go. are you reading anything of interest
4: uh my structured geology book uh, <laughs> no <laughs> I mean I think it's really cool but yeah
1: well there you go yeah uh, <laughs> I can't add anything to that so uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just it is. as always if you would please give us a 5 star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Music wherever you listen to the show if you're watching the show uh, especially if you're watching live right now thank you very much for that uh, we are going to start doing our most of our shows are trying to do a lot of our shows live on YouTube uh, so if you haven't already please give us a like and a follow that would definitely help out that'd be cool um, oh, yeah also uh, check out our other shows. Uh, as they meant as uh, we mentioned earlier, we have the Epic Rhythm and Brews that should be coming out here pretty quick. We re- we record our next episode of the Epicly Geeky Show on Saturday night. Um, and if you have any book suggestions that you would like to see us read, uh, definitely send them our way. We're we always vote as to what the next couple of books are going to be. Um, so actually, I need to start cobbling together the next vote. Figure out what we're reading after Felicia Day's book. Um, I have a feeling I kind of know what that's going to be, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. If you would, uh, if you've got any suggestions for them to us, we'd love to hear them. So, where can we find you on the internet, Lainey?
3: You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at it's a Bird, and you can also find me over on the Epic Rhythm and Brews podcast, as well as the Epically Geeky Show, and at epicallygeeky.com. dot com.
1: There you go, Chris. Where can we find you online?
6: Um, uh, on Instagram at uh, the dot Lake. Dot life, and I'm almost have my Etsy shop up.
1: I saw next, that
6: next week. I'm watching uh, Chris do I love, that night. Oh, god, <laughs> it's brutal. Uh, anyways, uh, but uh, it's taking longer than I thought. It was a lot of stuff that I didn't foresee with the S shop. I'm also on uh, the Epically Geeky podcast and here
0: at epicallygeeky.com.
1: Boldy, where can we find you online?
0: You can find me on Twitter at librarybd. And that's
1: about it. Good deal, Jennifer. Where can we find you online?
5: Uh, Twitter and Instagram at HetzGonnaBeMe. Gonna
1: Be Me. Parker, we can't find you online.
4: And <laughs> Geeky uh, the
1: website. There you yeah. go. Yeah. There you I'm go. R- I'm right there. Oh,
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> and as always, you can find my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Jane on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night.